Hello, it's Wednesday the 6th of September. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and yes, Miss Keegan, I'm sat on my arse doing nothing. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we put today's papers in a big pile, tell them they're great and give them a lovely hug. Then we extract all the funny, interesting bits to put on this podcast and chuck the rest in the bin. What a bunch of bastards. We're out mid-morning every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, so hit subscribe on your favourite podcast app and you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Getting arsy, Education Secretary Gillian Keegan is kicking everyone up the bum over rack. Back to work, government decides working from home is OK if it stops people claiming disability benefits. And you can't see that from space. Construction workers knock big hole in Great Wall of China. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we've put on our surgical gowns and our hard hats and we're ready to operate. I'm Miranda Sawyer and joining me on the show today is historian and creator of history, Alex von Tunzelman. Hello, Alex. Good morning. Also with us is comedian and creator of Other Comedian, Martin Fishback. It's Fergus Craig. Hello. Hello. So what have we got on the front pages today, Alex? Well, um, I've got the Times are leading on mentally ill to work from home in benefits revamp. And this is a story which is also on the Telegraph. Uh, slightly more negatively, back to work drive shelved until 2025 and on the mail, which has really splashed on one million on sickness benefits, will have to find a job. Yeah, I mean, all of those headlines, I have to say, don't really make sense to me, but we will unpick them. Uh, Fergus, what do you have? Uh, the Eye has NHS staff told to watch out for concrete danger signs. So not only do they have to look out for falling concrete, but also... Falling danger signs. <laughs> um, uh, the Mirror has uh, a story about Gillian Keegan. Apparently, an IT firm linked to the Education Secretary's husband won a £1 million deal from the fund for rebuilding unsafe schools, old school ties. Mm. Uh, the Guardian has Birmingham bankrupt as councils suffer cash crisis. I'm sure that's nothing to worry about. And The Sun has the scoop that Philip Schofield has uh, unfollowed his ex-best pal, Holly Willoughby, on social media. That's I've had my fill of Holly. <laughs> OK. All right. Um, now, um, let's have a look at the big stories on the front pages of The Mail, The Telegraph, The Times and actually The Express as well. They seem quite different but they're all related. You've read these out, these uh, uh, headlines out before, uh, Alex, but I'm going to bang them out again. Are you ready? One million on sickness benefits will have to find a job, the mail. Back to work drive shelved until 2025, the Telegraph. Mentally ill to work from home in benefits revamp, the Times. And the Express has it a little bit smaller above the slagging off the French and migrants main headline, which is crackdown, long-term sick to lose benefits if they can work from home. Alex, what is going on? <laughs> well, I think what we can really trace this back to is the concrete schools scandal, which the government is pretty desperate to get off the front pages. That's the kind of route here. So the government put out a press release yesterday and they spun it a little bit differently, shall we say. They headlined it, Government announces new welfare reforms to help thousands into work. Help yeah. them gently. Yeah, gently uh, back into nicely work. Nicely and help them. Um, 
And if you read it, what it is really is a kind of reform of work capability assessments. That's what they're sort of trailing. But it's not exactly happening immediately. It's 2025, by which time I think a lot of people think they probably won't even be in power. Uh, There will have been an election by then. Um, So really, I think they've put this out with an attempt to kind of dislodge that very damaging school story from the front pages. And I think you can tell how vague it is by the fact that these three papers, all of which are pretty supportive of the government, have all spun it a bit differently. So the Times has gone for kind of probably the most straight take on it. Um, You know, this idea that, I mean, they've sort of... It's a very headline phrase, mentally ill to work from home. I know, it home. seems a bit weird, doesn't it? <laughs> I know, it's it seems odd... a little blunt to define people yeah. like that. But anyway, people with mental health conditions um, will be told that they can work because they can work from home. Uh, that's conditions such as social anxiety in a benefits revamp. So they've gone quite straight. Uh, the Daily Mail has gone for, yeah, kick them. Uh, one million on sickness benefits will have to find a job. Um, so that's kind of really going in on it quite heavily. And the Telegraph has gone for this quite disappointed line that they've said sort of back to work drive shelved in sort of 2025. So I don't think the government will be completely delighted with that headline, not kicking them hard enough or soon enough. Exactly this, yes. I mean, this, the, these different slants are quite weird. Essentially what this is, is, you know, as you said, the, the, the Work and Pension Secretary, Mel Stride, announced new welfare reforms, thought, oh, this is going to be great, and nobody was really um, that impressed. But essentially the idea is to get lots of people back into work. So there are loads more people on disability benefits since the pandemic. The numbers are now between two and a half and three million. And the spending on the, this benefit, incapacity benefit, has gone up by over by 62% over the last decade, which is a lot. So from 15.9 billion in 2013 to 25.9 billion this year. So that's a lot of money. They want to kind of save some money. Um, so what they've done is they've they've defined three types of people which they think who they think want to work but can't at the moment because they're on disability benefits. And they're saying, okay, these people can work from home. And they <laughs> they've decided, okay, these are the people. People who are unable to walk or wheel themselves 50 metres without severe discomfort. Okay, fair enough. People with incontinence Mm. and people with severe social anxiety. They can all work from home. I've got two out of three of those. (laughs) Dare we ask which? You'll have to guess. (laughs) It will do a sweepstake. I mean, it does seem a bit of a different tack from this idea that we should all get back into the office, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I think Alex put the had the hit the nail on the head. It's we're in this situation now where uh, everyone agrees that the country's in a terrible state. Everything is awful all of the time, <laughs> and we've got there because we've been doing the things that these newspapers have been telling us to do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. So they're in a real difficult situation at the moment. Because if they report the news, someone might look to them. So uh, I guess that's why they've jumped on this press release, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, I do I do think this is. And also, I mean, the Telegraph generally is, you know, does really hate inverted commas benefit scroungers. And so it is quite cross that all these great ideas aren't coming until 2025. And I mean, John Redwood got really upset about this in the Commons and they're kind of, you know... They're, they're pro John Redwood, really. Yeah, and lots of the papers have reported his comments, you know, saying, why can't we just do this now, get on with it straight away and all of this? Um, you know, why wait? Yeah. And also his fear that Labour might not do this. Yes, exactly. Well, what's interesting is the reason why, apparently, we're not doing it straight away, um, the minister replied, was because um, he really want it, wants it to happen more quickly, but the change re- would require, quote, quite a lot of work on the IT systems. <laughs> 
<laughs> so even when they have an idea, they can't they can't do it. They no. can't do it because everything is crumbling. It is a hilarious turnaround, isn't it? As you rightly point out, to go from why is everybody working from home to please work from home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay, stay still. Just work from home. Just come off the benefits. And I think you can see that this is kind of a desperate story because of that, because it's not even really a story. It's just really what it is more is just kind of like vibes. I mean, it's just a vague aspiration for something that they could do in the future. It's not actually that specific. And of course, it's caused distress naturally among some disability charities, advocate groups, those sorts of people who are very worried that, in fact, it is what the papers are pretty much coming to the conclusion it is, which is, you know, let's bully some people back into yeah. work who possibly can't. You know, it's possibly not surprising that following a major global pandemic that disability has actually risen. Yes. Um, it's, you know probably quite legitimate that that's happened um but really this all this is is chucking something that feels like meat to their base because it's not even happening it's not even something that they're doing right now so you know this is just a way i think really of trying to reiterate yes yeah, you know okay so yes that concrete thing is really bad but you know we're the government we're tough we hate people who are scroungers here yeah. you go that's who we are scum yeah pure scum <laughs> Now, the current Secretary of State for Education and our new favourite, Gillian Keegan, had a quiet weekend, only releasing a raver rack video to reassure parents. But since then, she's been on the front foot, doing the rounds of TV and radio interviews, and quite frankly, she's been very good value for money. Alex, from being someone that no one would pick out of a political lineup, Gillian Keegan has kind of zoomed to front stage, hasn't she? And it's all because of what she said off mic on Monday, and I'm just going to read it out because I love it so much. <laughs> Does anyone ever say, you know what, you've done a fucking good job because everyone else has sat on their ass and done nothing? No, no signs of that. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> so how has um, that gone down with everyone? Well, pretty badly. I mean, apart from us, all of whom think she's a total gay icon and are going to dress as her for Halloween. Apparently, we're all totally into her. Naturally, as a result, um, the right-wing papers are very against her. And it's kind of interesting because what you can see happening here, potentially, somebody's decided she's going to take the fall because both the Telegraph and the Mail have really gone in on her today um, in a big way. So uh, the Mail has gone for bungling Gillian Keegan. We've got her now bungling minister tells school chiefs to get off their backsides. So she's reiterated her comment about arses, but used the slightly politer word backsides. Um, and they've got Labour's mocking of her government tweet. She tweeted this graphic that said, most schools unaffected, um, which was supposed to be triumphant. And the Labour press office immediately came back with, most beachgoers not eaten by Big Shark. Uh, reference to the film Jaws, of course. Um, and I mean, we've got the picture that is on lots of the papers is Gillian Keegan arriving for Cabinet, going into number 10 and looking a little bit cheekily over her designer sunglasses. Would you like to comment on this picture, Fergus? You're quite fond of it, aren't you? Well, it's pretty Jilly Cooper stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's very like, uh, the doctor will see you now. <laughs> <laughs> Another reason to love her. I'm but fascinated it... by how... What's going on? There, there seems to be a, a sort of bottomless supply in the Tory party of um, colourful character Scouse women. Yeah. It started with Edwina Curry. Mm -hmm. Then there was Esther McVeigh, Nadine yeah. Doris, <gasps> uh, and now Gillian Keegan. I think 
I'm talking, calling for a total and complete shutdown on Liverpudlian <laughs> women joining the Conservative Party until we can find out what the hell is going on. <laughs> It is quite odd because if you go to Liverpool, there aren't that many Tories. I mean, genuinely, there really aren't. Well, I guess maybe that's what makes them so tough, right? They probably have to be really biffy to kind of get through being a Tory in Liverpool to start with. I mean, and the the Telegraph, I think, have really gone to town on her today. They really don't like her. So in their front page story um, is, again, this idea about get off your backsides, Keegan tells schools. But what they've gone straight into is en route to Downing Street yesterday, Mrs Keegan was seen carrying a £2,600 Bottega Veneta handbag. Earlier this year, she was criticised for wearing a £10,000 Rolex while saying that striking nurses should not need food banks. Now, this is pretty unusual from the Telegraph to criticise you for being Richie Rich. And I mean... Exactly, for where... Like, I mean, these are the these are the things that I quite like about her. The fact that she, <laughs> that she wears a 10,000 Rolex and goes, wee, look at that. Exactly. And then they've done another... A front page of Telegraph features is again... The uh, peering over the sunglasses, cheeky pic, uh, the very expensive handbag just visible. And they've gone big on the handbags. Well, there's a peak inside the Telegraph. There's a whole handbag feature based on this. The, and the, then what's the headline? The, the headline is brilliant on that. Look, the woman who shut down Britain. Really? Yeah. I and mean, then inside a secondary her? headline, her arrogant I can fix this stance shows her inexperience. I mean, all these things just make me like her more. I mean, yeah, they're really going for her. I is mean, it a class so- thing? Well, they do then mention in the story, educated at a state school in Merseyside. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Burn the witch. Um, Left at 16 to start an apprenticeship at a car factory. I mean, these are the reasons why they don't like her. Let's face it, they don't like her because she's a scouser who left school at 16. Well, I think it's a bit mouthy. And what has definitely happened is that somebody's decided she's going under the bus for this. Um, and therefore we're piling up like not only is she working class appalling um, but also she has nice things now and that's not allowed so we're sort of piling up the crimes here well I guess it's the thing that I, I understand she had a point right when she when she's saying well at least I'm doing something about it and no one else has yeah but the problem for her is that like her party's been in power for 13 years so when she's saying no one else has done anything she means like the party I represent. And yeah. Rishi Sunak specifically. And Rishi Sunak. Because he was a chancellor and reduced the school rebuilding programme. So I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the, the stuff that she said off mic and then her reaction to that, because um, uh, she said she, she, she said her quote off mic and she was a bit cross. And then there was a, a, a situation where another telecompany showed her her saying it off mic and her reaction was what? Oh, it was just a laugh, wasn't it? Yeah, she exactly. I mean, these are the th- these are the things that I like. I would about like her. then another television company to show her her reaction, <laughs> <laughs> and then just see how long we can keep that going. How long she can laugh for, yeah. essentially. I mean, the the reason why I quite like that is it, I could imagine myself doing that. That getting cross on a television interview. And then saying something re- completely ridiculous when you thought you were off mic, and then when people show it to you. You laugh, of course you do. I mean, it's quite a normal thing to do, isn't it? Well, I always remember the Gordon Brown head in hands when he was played. Oh, yes, that awful Mm. woman he said. Bigoted woman. Yeah, Yeah, the bigoted woman. Mm. Yeah. But they clearly, the Telegraph decided she's over. They've said that this is an article about the rise and fall of Gillian Keegan, who, as we speak, is still in her job, hasn't fallen. But uh, clearly they think... This is only going one way. But also, rise and fall. I mean, she literally only rose on Monday, didn't she? <laughs> I mean, <pretty> quick. <laughs> it's like pretty quick. It's over and done with. I feel like we should just mention the mirror scoop because obviously she's got a ten thousand pound Rolex and a 
2,000 quid handbag. Why might that be? <laughs> She's also got a £2.4 million house uh, flat in Kensington and homes in France and Spain. So yeah. She's doing all She's right. She's doing all right. Uh, yeah, her husband is on the board of a company called Centerprise who uh, get a lot of government contracts, 77 in fact, since 2019. And one of those contracts is for... Uh, IT in schools, which is taken from the the money pot for rebuilding schools. So it's 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 a kind of conflict of interest, isn't it? It's a it? conflict of interest, but it's a, it's at that sort of level, isn't it? Where these people who are just on boards of companies that do thousands of different things. Yeah, everything's a conflict of interest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It? And also, I mean, it, you can tell it's not a complete scoop because on on the front page of the mirror, the, the the lawyers have made them say there is no suggestion of wrongdoing in about the third sentence down. So I think it's kind of a scoop, but kind of not, unfortunately. Mm. Now, here at Papercuts, we love a brilliant headline. Gone to rack and ruin. School shut, so rack off home, kids. There's a rack in everything. That's how the light gets in. You don't have to be rackers to work here, but it helps. That kind of stuff. <laughs> so what do we have today, Alex? Well, I've got three all from the sun. Um, so, you know, props to them today for coming up with the headline goodies. Uh, we've got on page nine of the sun, we've got a story that supermarket chain Iceland is locking clothes detergents in plastic boxes because so much stuff is getting nicked. And cops, they say, are soft on thieving. It's headlined Suds Law. Aha, very good. Um, then we've got, uh, on the next page, we've got this story that uh, obviously, again, related to the racks concrete issue. Uh, lots of schools are now in danger. Heads have been left to beg for outside bogs. They're all going for a sort of port uh, for the schools. Headlined Porta Lunacy. Yeah, Poor Very schools. good. Quite a big one. Um, and then the story that there's a fear that under 25s, 4.5 million Britons are now vapours um, and are smoking e-cigarettes and that the portion of under 25s particularly is rising who are doing this. And the headline is Planet of the Vapes. Aha. OK. Um, right, Fergus, what do you have? You have something from the sun as well, don't you? The sun has done well today, I have to say. We've got lots of sticky bits of paper on the sun because yeah. they've got good headlines. Well done, the sun. Well done, that sun. Uh, this is uh, the inevitable story that Kew Gardens is going woke <laughs> uh, with a celebration of queer fungi, <laughs> fungi <laughs> plants. I mean, I don't know how true this is, but it is a quite a funny story. So I feel like reading the story. It says the £19 a ticket event includes a cabaret where mushroom performers will leave you questioning everything you thought you knew. One gay man said, obviously, Kew prefers to attract weirdos, so I won't be going ever. <laughs> The, the headline is LGBTQ, as in Q Gardens, oh, very, very oh, Gardens of the Sun. And then there's um, something in the mirror about uh, an escaped uh, python uh, wandering down a street in the West Midlands. And the headline is Escaped 12-Foot Python Out on the Hiss. Excellent. Oh. And there's, um, uh, there's one for our Scottish listeners, isn't there? Uh, yes, in the Daily Record, there's a story about a clampdown on football fans' buses in Scotland. And the headline is, you can't shove our fans off their bus. Basically, it's written... Look, I apologise to everyone who heard that. <laughs> it's, 
it, it's just it, it's written in it's written in what I believe is known as dialect <laughs> <laughs> it's written in Scots for our Scots listeners now, amongst, in between and all around the concrete crackers front pages and the real players of Saudi back ones, it's easy to find the fun part of the papers. Silly stories, crazy columnists and truly trivial trends. What have we found today? What do you have, Fergus? Um, this story is front page of the Daily Star. They've gone for the great fool of China. It's about a couple of um, builders who have dug a big hole in the Great Wall of China <laughs> to uh, cut down on their commute. commute. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 38-year-old man and a 55-year-old woman. They've caused irreversible damage, apparently. But the, the, the wall is... It's over three to 13,000 miles long. So that's going to be a time saver, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if you have to go around it... <laughs> You, yeah. you can understand the incentive. Yeah, you can really understand the builder's point of view, can't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I get annoyed if I have to get the Northern Line instead of the Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did. I mean, I did think it sounded kind of quite bad what they're doing, but actually, the the wall's quite knackered already. I mean, you know, I was kind of reading up on it, and it said that like only like thirty percent of the wall has disappeared entirely. So it's only like in people's minds that it's, you can see it from space. It's literally like, a lot of it isn't there. Apparently, it was made of rack. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Alex, you've got a, a lovely columnist story, a columnist crisis, haven't you? A proper columnist crisis. This is in the eye paper. It's trailed on the front page. Help. My daughter is hooked on cereal. Um, and you open open the paper to see a columnist who has volunteered a picture of her child. Um, always the way, straightforward. You know, How old is the child? Poor do we kids, think? I don't know, quite small looks. Um, the, the child is called Percy. It's a girl. She's seven. She's seven. OK, yeah, because yeah. I, I did think as soon as it, it said, help, my daughter is hooked on cereal, I thought, oh, it's a teenager. What's the... What's the deal? And teenagers, but teenagers would never agree to get their photos taken. No, well, I mean, you know, poor old Percy doesn't look too cheerful about it. She's pictured with a kind of, you know, with a bowl of Rice Krispies that she's obviously been mainlining, and they're kind of scattered across the table while she puts her hand to her head in distress. Um, so she's done a good job of posing for that, I'd say, poor kid. Um, and this is a story about how children get hooked, hooked on cereal. It's it's a drug to them. And we've got a wonderful extract here uh, from Dr. Chris Van Tilliken's recent book, The Ultra Processed People, which is all about high processed food. Uh, it's been, you know, it's got a lot of attention. And he's got a paragraph about when his daughter discovered Cocoa Pops. She filled her bowl and started to eat great fistfuls of dry Cocoa Pops, wide-eyed and ecstatic. Defeated, I poured some milk into her bowl. As I watched Lyra continue eating, it struck me she wasn't fully in control. Her eating wasn't just mindless, it was trance-like. Wow, that sounds good stuff, doesn't it? Should it's we try gateway, it? It's a gateway drug, isn't it? <laughs> to what? A heroin. Alex. Oh, right, heroin. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Those heroin cornflakes. Well, really yeah, you know, one day Moorish. Weetabix, next day Skag. I mean, uh, yeah, it's... Um, and, and basically, this child apparently used to be into porridge, which the That's mother was really pleased about. That's know, such a lie. That's such a lie. She's seven. No one likes porridge at seven. But now she's discovered cereal. That is over. Uh, she's like sugar laden cereal, crunchy nut cornflakes, uh, rice krispies, Kellogg's multigrain shapes, and of course it's all it's absolutely packed with sugar. So yeah, kids getting 
high as kites. But well, I'd definitely read a whole book on that. <laughs> <laughs> and when, they, when they do things like that, I do just think, just wait until your kid gets a mobile phone or indeed a vape. I mean, you know. <laughs> Um, there's some other funny stories, isn't there? The, like, the Star has got an unusual front page, I have to say, because it's already had the great fool of China. But there's also top top right, there's an unusual picture, isn't there? Uh, no Malone. Uh, apparently, uh, burglars are using uh, gnomes to rob houses. I think, <laughs> I think the plan is... I mean, when you think of that, you think... They've got little robotic remote control gnomes. Exactly. Sneaking in. in. (laughs) Mission Impossible style. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But apparently they're leaving gnomes in people's gardens. And if, what is it? If they leave the gnome in someone's garden, and then then if the gnome doesn't get taken away, then they assume that the people aren't there. But you might just think it's a lovely gift. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a flaw in that plan. If I discovered a gift of a gnome in my garden, maybe I'd be really pleased. Yeah. Just leave it there. But um, I also think it's a kind of like like a high standard of garden maintenance. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I used to really worry that we didn't have a garden because we just live in a flat. And um, scum. (laughs) Scum. (laughs) And I thought, oh, this is really terrible. We don't have a garden. And um, I wrote an article about it, of course, Mm because, you know, journalist, columnist. And... um, a lot of people got in touch with me to say, you know what, we've got a garden and we hate it because we have to maintain it. It's loads of work. So I kind of think it's there's a bit of an assumption on the, uh, the part of burglars that people can be bothered to move gnomes or kind of, you know, strim their lawn or whatever you're meant to do with gardens. People just can't be bothered. They just dump all their stuff in it. It could be that or it could be a completely bollocks story based, <laughs> <laughs> based on absolutely nothing. <laughs> no. Okay, look, I've got, I mean, I know it's unusual, um, but I've brought in OK Magazine because of an amazing headline. Um, It's top right, Alex. Would you like to read it out to us? Yes. uh, Exclusive. Queen Elizabeth II, one year on. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I mean, I hope it is exclusive. I mean, mm. what kind of pictures have they got, Queen I Elizabeth? I mean, you, you know, you were probably thinking there was news here, but no, it turns out uh, still dead. Yeah, still um, dead. So, no, it, it's it's OK. And it's basically, this is uh, one of the Queen's childhood friends, lady-waiting Lady Anne Glen Connor, uh, is recalling her fond memories of the monarch. The Queen was a pivotal person in all our lives. And then it's just lots of pictures of the Queen. It's a little bit, it reminds me of um, when I worked on Smash Hits, obviously in the middle, we had posters of pop stars that you might want to put on your wall and that's what OK has got pretty much of the Queen and then also of Lady Anne Glen Connor with a load of birds in her hair yeah there's two amazing portraits of Lady Anne in the most spectacular hats you've ever seen looking sort of very composed and reasonable and there's just this like mad thing on her head it's less like it's, it looks like a whole load of pigeons have just crashed into her head it's unbelievable like they look pretty rare these birds they don't like pigeons I don't know there's some stuff pigeons. Like, maybe bits of blue tit or something um, <laughs> maybe a jay I mean it's a uh, it's quite an extraordinary hat. I'm not sure quite how the animal rights people are going to feel about that hat. There's like a lot of birds in it. I understand why they've done that story. There's like a there's a, a not insignificant amount of the population who are very comforted by the Queen. So why not have a few pictures of her? I remember when the Queen mum died, the Daily Mail had a picture of her every year that she was alive from one wow. to a hundred. <laughs> and it meant you could turn it into a flick book. <laughs> Watch her die. 
that's what we were slightly hoping in the OK, that there would be, you know, I don't know, a picture of her still dead and then you could, like, <laughs> flick forward and, you know, she would be sure. dead. Yeah. Like Lenin. No, there's lots of just pictures of her alive. And I think it is. It, it's comfort reading for those who do feel very happy when they see the Queen. If if that's you, go out and buy OK. And, um, Fergus, you found a, a, a story about coffee being sexy? Um, yes, it's it's the sexiest beverage. Um, <laughs> uh, this is in the Daily Mail. Uh, apparently, the coffee you drink can uh, tell us about the kind of person you are. Uh, Flavoured coffee is happy, funniest, I would say fat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> iced coffee means you're the life and soul of the party. I mean, really? really? Who's saying this? This does uh, seem yeah. a bit odd. Well, it's basically yeah. based on a survey, although, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah it will be a it's survey. A, it's a poll by Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> double, expre- double espresso means uh, well-travelled, well-read. Also, probably you've got the shits. Um, espresso, most likely to have a degree. This is apparently. just oh. mad. I mean, has it got... I mean, what's your fa- favourite kind of coffee, Alex? I can't drink coffee. It gives me migraines. I'm not sure what that says so about my personality. Wimp. 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 Never pulls. <laughs> yes. Total loser. Yeah. I like a flat white, which is apparently honest and trustworthy. That's you. I mean, it is you too. Does it have any... The, the form of coffee that I often drink because I can't cope with strong coffee is instant coffee with milk. Does it have that? Yes. Uh, that is uh, scum. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again. <laughs> and that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Fergus. Thank you. And thanks to Alex. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow Paper Cuts on your favourite podcast app. If you really like us, then leave us five stars on Spotify and Apple. And you know what? You've done a fucking good job, Miss Keegan. Review. You can also follow us on X and Instagram at Papercuts Show. The links are in the show notes. I've been Miranda Sawyer, and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when a dog is featured in three different papers simply because the fur on its backside looks like its face. His fart is worse than his bite. <laughs> See you next time. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Alex von Tunzelman and Fergus Craig. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The managing editor of news was Jacob Jarvis. Production support was from Adam Wright and the producer was Sophie Black. The music was composed by Simon Williams and the executive producer was Martin Boytosh. <laughs>